My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome back to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. And now I'm sharing about the nine major turning points of 2024. So this is something I share inside a Mindful New Year. You can go to mindfulnewyear.com. And this week, still the last chance to sign up at the discounted rate of last year's price before we go back to the normal price before this Friday, the first week of January. So check out quietmindastrology.com. You can go right to the Mindful New Year page to sign up there. And that's where I go through all the major transits of the year and guide you through exercises to work with these energies. Because this here on the podcast is a lot more of information and just kind of connecting with the energy of what's happening. But there in Mindful New Year, I guide you through a process to review the past year, clear out the energies of the past year and create space and attune to the energies of the next year and your intentions, your goals, your resolutions, whatever you call it, the energy that you're attuning to for 2024 and how that can naturally lead to the manifestation of whatever you want to create in your life. I very strongly believe this and have experienced this in many ways in my own life that when we attune to certain energies, that starts to shape our experience of life and our reality and what we attract into our lives. So, so much of this work here in the podcast and what I share is about attuning to the energies that are already present and then how do we best work with those. It's never fatalistic. We always have free will and choice, at least the illusion and experience of free will and choice. And we can focus on the more favorable outcomes of any energy that's present. And yes, there could be unfavorable outcomes, but we can focus on the favorable ones. And if you're watching on the video, I have all the major transits. We'll talk about the major turning points of 2024. There are nine significant ones. And here on this episode, I'm going to talk about them at a high level. But inside Mindful New Year, I go into the practices to work with these energies and also sign by sign horoscopes for the year to go deeper into it as well. So the first major thing to consider in 2024 is that we have been in this transit of Saturn and Aquarius for quite a while. So since uh, last year, it was happening all throughout the year. And as you see here, if you're watching the video, Saturn and Aquarius in this box here, and we look at all the planets, this is a snapshot of where everything is right now as I'm recording this. And Saturn has been in Aquarius throughout 2023, and that has led to major innovations and tech breakthroughs, things like AI and all sorts of amazing major developments there. And I've talked about this a lot in past episodes. You can go back to it if you're curious about this. The whole episodes on just Saturn and Aquarius because it's such a major transit and it continues all year 2024. So as we go through this year, there's still going to continue to be major tech breakthroughs, major innovation, and that is going to disrupt a lot of old technologies. And we're at this point now where media is either new media or legacy media. And there's online stuff and there's the old newspapers and TV and all that. We have AI technology, which is rapidly expanding and growing and making it possible to do all sorts of cool things with ChatGPT and uh, Tesla's full self-driving and all this kind of stuff and all sorts of new innovations and that will continue to happen. This is very much like when Saturn was last in Aquarius in the mid-90s when 
the internet blew up and became this new thing and nobody quite understood what it would be or how it would shape the world but we all knew it was really really important and going to lead to some major change and innovation and that's what's happening with saturn and aquarius aquarius also is this idealistic utopian kind of energy so this is really good for people if you're listening to this you're probably more spiritually oriented and have more of these sort of visions and ideals of what society can be and that is very possible that's very accessible with the saturn and aquarius the structures and systems can be oriented towards what is going to better serve society and our visions of society and more unity more wholeness more collaboration these aquarian ideals these unique eccentric authentic expressions of ourselves people like us who are into astrology and energy and all this kind of things it's a really good time in this year to organize and mobilize and work together and collaborate to help create those things I'm very fortunate to be living in a, a community very much like this in mizunte in oaxaca mexico there's just a lot of healers a lot of healing energy a lot of uh, different modalities and and ways of just collaborating bringing people together building community ecstatic dance healing modalities all that kind of stuff so this is a very strong energy right now throughout the year and if that's new to you or you want to go deeper into it you want to explore it more this is a great year for having containers around those kind of things containers to deepen your studies into spiritual practices to deepen your own practices at home or in community to support causes that you really care about really good stuff and there's great opportunities for collective efforts community initiatives and it's important to focus on long-term planning and creating stability through that. So Saturn is about the groundwork, the foundation, the long-term thinking. It's a slow-moving planet. It takes two and a half years to go through a sign. So it'll finish up in Aquarius in 2025 and move on to Pisces. And that'll be a very different energy we'll talk about when we get there. But right now, think long-term in terms of everything I just said about these utopian, idealistic, forward-thinking, innovative, breakthrough kind of energies. Where is that going? Where is that leading for you? How can you be part of this new change? And if you think back to the mid-90s, again, the internet, like if you would have been a web developer or learning coding or getting into online business in the mid-90s, where you would have been when it really had the big bubble in the early 2000s and then at this point you know if you'd stayed in and just kept going uh, people like now we talk about that were so influential even back then like jeff bezos and elon musk amazon and x.com those those started last time saturn was in aquarius and they were there and at this really cutting edge of this breakthrough and now ai is like that now and there's so much that can be done with this that so many people are still figuring out and as you work with these tools, uh, they can help uh, in a lot of ways, but also not just technological and digital, but in-person tool, like, like new tools for deepening connection and intimacy and growth in community can be shared, can be developed, can be discovered, can be built upon for the long term right now. Now, there's potential for rigidity or resistance to change with this Saturn love structure and it can become too much structure as we saw in Saturn and Capricorn, which is a much more difficult time. And 
there's several other transits that happened along with that in 2020 to make that such a limiting, restrictive time and so difficult. So there's still a, a smaller element of that with Saturn and Aquarius all year. Uh, there can be some rigidity, some resistance to change, some sense of restriction, some contraction. But if we just follow that as a sensation, it's just, just a sensation, just like exhaling is a contraction and inhaling is an expansion and our hearts beat and we go to sleep and we wake up. There's all these cycles and patterns and polarities I've talked about in past episodes that is important to go with and not resist too much and allow for that. Uh, and with the Saturn Aquarius, sometimes there can be too much rigidity of wanting it to be this innovation and breakthrough and all this positive stuff I talked about at first, which is good. It's all good stuff. But there can be resistance to going with the flow of that or trying to control it. So with this, it can be helpful to keep coming back to your intentions of what you want to create. And if you don't have clear intentions or vision, that's what Mindful New Year is all about. Coming back to your intention and, and really finding it from a true authentic place within yourself that no one else can save for you. No one else can do it for you. It's really coming from within. And that's so important to come from that place with all this change and innovation happening. So come back to your intention. And if you feel like I don't have an intention, I don't know what it is. Check out Mindful New Year. I poured my best resources into there. What I think is the most useful and essential things to connect to that and clarify it, it's in there. So check that out and that can help you clarify and connect to your intentions. Also happening all year, Rahu is in Pisces and Revati Nakshatra right now. And Ketu's in, in Virgo in Chitra right now. The nakshatra will change throughout the year, but Rahu will remain in Pisces all year. K2 will remain in Virgo all year until early 2025, when lots of big changes will be happening. Now, the past few years, there have been a lot of big changes. Rahu K2 transits, Jupiter Saturn transits. This year, 2024, it's the least amount of that stuff, those big shifts in the past several years. So it's a very different energy in the sense it's less life-changing, just, oh my God, what next kind of energy like was happening through 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022, especially. So this is a more stable year in a sense, but Rahu and Pisces now, this energy of Rahu, this can be obsessive. It, it expands things and it's expanding Pisces, our sense of imagination and possibility and potential. So as things have stabilized a bit now, we can start to dream again either literally or metaphorically, is the time to be dreaming of what you want to create in your life all throughout the year and stay connected to those dreams and those visions. On the other side of that, K2 is in Virgo. K2 is a sense of detachment, letting go, non-grasping, aparigraha, in the sign of Virgo, which is very practical and grounded and material. So it's the sense of being willing to let go of identities, let go of material possessions, let go of attachments so that we can better connect to our vision of Rahu and Pisces, our dreams. But there can be too many. We can get into fantasy and illusion and too much of this uh, wanting something more, something better. What else is there that is Unsati insatiable, unfulfilling, and it can ultimately feel very draining 
and we can feel a bit lost in the world, K2 is this very uh, etheric, transformative, transcendent kind of energy. It's the south node of the moon, and it's in Virgo all throughout the year. And as we go through the eclipse seasons, these energies will be very activated. We'll talk about that in a moment. So if something is no longer serving you, it's good to let it go this year. And it's a continual process. It's an 18-month cycle. Letting it go. Or the universe may take it away from you unwillingly. And it's a lot more painful in that sense. Or there could be some pride or arrogance or control that you need to learn a lesson of continually seeing where that's not serving you and that's creating more complications, more disconnection until you can see that and then you can let it go. So it's also the other side of that. It's like, okay, well, then you say, okay, well, I'll just, I'm willing to let this go, let that go. I can go with the flow. K2 is about moksha and liberation and being free from our attachment to illusion and maya. So you might hear this and say, yeah, I can let that, I can let it go. I can go with the flow. And you go too far with the flow and you go into this Rahu Pisces. So it's this fine balance where you don't go so far into the flow where you're just being irresponsible, not paying your bills or not being reliable to people, not following through on your word and your commitments. That's too far into the extreme. And if you catch yourself in that realm, this is an awareness of this energy that, okay, I notice I'm going too far into just going with the flow where I'm just lost. And now you come back to K2 in Virgo is very good for spiritual practices like uh, meditation, yoga, hatha yoga, kundalini yoga, tantra practices, where you go into the material, the body, the senses to achieve the moksha and liberation. And you can go into the material world of your work, your purpose, with this bodhisattva kind of perspective of this person who's experienced some spiritual realization of some sort and awareness and share that with the world and bring that into your work where it might not be there normally or where there's unpaved roads, the road less traveled of people haven't brought spirituality into this profession or into this pursuit that you're into. Like, for example, one example for me is I love improv theater and I've done it for many years now. And it's usually like fun and games, playing characters, being silly. And it can also be a very powerful personal growth tool. And you can do things similar to like family constellation work or uh, deep inner work. So this is an example that I've been exploring as Rahu and Ketu are here already in the past two months and a month and a half or so right now. And it's going to be all year to, to use the improv theater as a way to better understand yourself. So you're in the material world, interacting with others, playing characters, putting on identities, putting on masks, personas. And through that better understanding yourself, having a sense of liberation, of moksha, of awareness, of spotting your patterns, because you're playing out this role and, ex and exaggerating it. And typically improv theater is not the place to do this kind of work, but it can be. And some of my teachers have explored this a bit. And, and something I'm exploring more as I facilitate this here in Mexico. And uh, it's one example. So you see, you can use this in, in your own work. How can you bring in more of the spiritual into the material? 
and in your uh, experience with finances and money, because K2 is about uh, this moksha liberation, Virgo is about practical matters, resources, finances, health, wellness, and that includes managing your money and your finances and cash flow. So how can you bring in the spiritual element into that and have money be spiritual? And oftentimes people think it's the antithesis of spirituality is money, but money is just a tool, just like a knife is a tool. A knife can be used to save someone's life. It can be used to end someone's life. So a knife is not evil. Money is not evil. No tool is evil. It's how you use it and your intention. And I think that is maybe one of the most important elements of 2024 is to keep coming back to your intention. Then you hear this and you say, what is my intention? Go back to Mindful New Year. Do the processes, go into the meditative space and receive it. It's there. It's within you. No one else can tell you. Someone could say it and it resonates and maybe that's maybe it comes in that way. But it's ultimately from your truth, from your essence. And with all this kind of energy this year, keep coming back to your intention. What is your intention with money? What is your intention with health? in relationships and in purpose. You know, these main areas of life, I always talk about the four aims of life. What are your intentions in health, wealth, relationships, and purpose? And when you're clear on that, you don't get distracted and lost in the Rahu and Pisces and all the possibilities and fantasy and visions and ideals and dreams and all this stuff where you just lose yourself in la-la land at the extreme but you can use this Rahu in Pisces to be a visionary, to be the manifester of your reality, to be connected to your vision and driven by it and fueled by it, that it now shapes your spiritual life or your spiritual life has this, uh, or your, your practical daily life rather, I meant to say, your practical daily life has this spiritual element and your spiritual life, your practical life, the money, the resources, the health, it's all infused with this deeper level of spirituality and awareness that you can bring forward now into every area of your life and throughout the year and then beyond when Rahu and K2 move on in 2025. So one of the ways I talk about this in the Friday forecast I send out every Friday, uh, if you go to quietmindastrology.com, you sign up for the free birth chart or the free weekly horoscopes, you'll get these free Friday forecasts every week. Uh, but Rahu and Pisces, you're at the buffet of life. You're at the buffet of spiritual growth. So just like at a buffet, if you try to eat everything, you're going to feel terrible. And if you just eat a little bit, you'll kind of feel like, well, why did I go to a buffet? I should have just ordered one thing. But Rahu and Pisces, you're at the buffet of life throughout this year. So you're at this opportunity to try a lot of stuff, explore, experiment, but pace yourself. And just like at a buffet, if you want to try a lot of things, they're going to be smaller portions. But if you find you really like one thing, get a bigger portion. Go deeper with that thing. Take more. And But again, listen to your body. Remember your intention. Eat to satiation, satiety. And don't eat to the point of stuffing yourself, which is a potential with these energies, especially when Jupiter gets to Taurus in May 1st. We'll talk about that later. But again, that's going to be going all year. But after May 1st, throughout the rest of the year, there is more of that potential to overindulge and be at the buffet and just stuffing yourself of what about this? What about that? Try this, try that. And not going really deep with anything, not really getting satisfied with anything 
and not really staying connected to your intention because now you're pushed and pulled in so many directions in the maya and the illusion that you're not actually fulfilling your purpose and you feel each day is a struggle and like you're just there's something untapped in you and sometimes that happens it's okay we all go there that that is part of life too the ups and downs are all part of life and i firmly believe that we have choice and if we notice we are in the down we can do that pleasurably we can do that in a way that's nourishing as well and not in a way that's destructive or harmful or escapism or or in any way that's harming ourselves or others we can go into those downs in a way that is nourishing to us as well and this Rahu in Pisces is giving us this connection to spirituality. This Ketu in Virgo is giving us this connection to spirituality in our daily life. So it's a, an amazing year for healing, liberation, transcendence, breaking old patterns, breaking family patterns, ancestral lineage patterns. It is big, big a big, big year for anybody who's in sort of spiritual kind of work, healing kind of work. Uh, this is a time where a lot of people are going to be seeking these things out. And another thing, a note here inside of the Friday forecast, the email sending out, I'm sending out is what is materially out of alignment will fall away or need to be released. What is materially out of alignment will fall away or need to be released during this year. You have a nice home, you love it, but it's not in alignment anymore. Maybe time to let it go. And if you feel like you're holding on to it, the pain of that will become greater than the pain of just letting it go. If it's true, you know, it's always, I'm orienting towards what is true for you. What is in alignment? And that alignment comes when you are still and centered and do your practices to connect to that. And it looks different for everybody, but you know, like you just know when you get that message, you get the call from the universe. It's this voice that's calm, clear, quiet. That's why I call my, all my work, quiet mind, quiet mind yoga, quiet mind astrology. So when we quiet the mind, we hear the Atman, the true self, the witnessing awareness that always has clarity. We can't always access it because of our own distractions, whatever, noise in the mind, the chitta, vritti, the fluctuations of the mind, get in the way sometimes we can't hear clearly, but it's always there. And it's not loud. It's not anxious. It's not worried. There's no fear in this voice, the Atman, the true self, the, the observer, witnessing consciousness, whatever you call it. That voice will always guide you towards your alignment, will always guide you towards what is true, what it's time to let go of, what it's time to allow in, to turn left, to turn right. It's like Morpheus to Neo in the Matrix. Turn left, go right. Why? You don't need to know why. You just trust it. And it's serving a bigger purpose than we'll ever know. Stay centered and in agency. World conflict will intensify toward resolution in 2025. So global issues something I stay out of because I don't have a lot of influence there. If there's a cause I care about, I want to get involved. I want to volunteer. I want to donate. I want to help the cause if I can. But if it's something I don't know a lot about, like the current stuff in the Middle East, 
I keep trying to learn stuff and I keep hearing so many conflicting things that I just don't know. I don't know. That's not, not my wheelhouse. Someone else is. And uh, that's, you know, for you to decide like who you follow and listen to on those things. But I just stay out of that because it's not something I have any influence over directly unless I fly over there and try to get involved. Uh, so my stance is what can I do to improve myself and the people around me in the world and my immediate influence? And I think that's an important orientation. Uh, and other orientations are valid and important as well. But the orientation towards influencing what we can control and not getting alarmed or reactive or triggered or shameful about things that are actually not in our control is uh, my orientation, right? So, so I'm not going to get pushed and pulled and swayed by uh, the left or right or X versus Y or A versus Z or whatever. Uh, I will focus on what is in alignment for me and service to the truth and connecting to the energies of love, gratitude, appreciation, prosperity, growth, healing, helping, you know, these are things I can directly influence and connect with and serve people around me. And that's my orientation. You may have a different one and you probably do. And that's great. And so many other people with voices and platforms have other orientations and that's great too. And we knowing anything about astrology, you know that, uh, everyone is different and everyone will see the world from different lens and it's all valid in my opinion. But I would say if you get swept up in that and you start to feel powerless, reactive, triggered by things that you read on a screen about things that you can't possibly know everything about because we are all biased and all of our sources for information are biased. And no matter how neutral or authentic or true we try to be, uh, it's impossible because there's always more sides to the story. If you've ever been involved in any sort of media situation or somebody writing about situations you know a lot about, you know that the media just cannot possibly accurately represent the situation. And I've been involved in a lot of these things in a lot of different forms. And it's just never, maybe like 40% at best, close to uh, the actual truth of the situation, what is presented in the media or what's told or or what's passed around and, and people think that that was the situation or the story or the news or whatever. It's, it's just only so much that can be conveyed or told. So again, I orient towards what can I influence? And these are big influences through the year. So I'm spending a lot of time on all this, uh, but the world conflict will continue to escalate this year. 2025, there'll be more resolution around it, but all the politics, the elections in the US, this stuff is not so great for all that. It's, it's, uh, it's going to intensify the polarization and all that will intensify and you don't have to pick a side. If you feel triggered or reactive, it's just pointing to a button that is pushable in you. And that for me, when that, that happens, the inquiry is not, uh, how do I fight this person or shame them or shame people that agree with them or blah, blah, blah. It's why do I have buttons that are so easily pushed because I read something on a screen about a situation I don't know about <laughs> and what can I do to address that button and what's deeper in there? And if I do that, how am I going to show up differently in the world 
that could actually influence change rather than react and push someone else's buttons and we just have this sort of echo chamber of reactivity, right? Again, just my opinions, just my thoughts. Uh, world issues are very highly charged and opinionated, so there's my uh, maybe slightly less charged but still equally opinionated opinion. Now, there can be some confusion, distraction, lack of clarity when you're out of alignment. So when you notice you're out of alignment, that's the time to do something. The energy has shifted. That moment of awareness of noticing it is mindfulness, is presence, is alignment. It's like, oh, I notice I'm scrolling on my phone. Notice I'm reactive to this person. Notice I'm feeling disempowered. That moment of noticing it is empowerment, is clarity, is alignment. And the next step becomes clear from there. Let's put down the phone, step away from the conversation, talk about something else, ask, be curious, ask questions. You know, that it, it's always going to be different, but in that moment of awareness, now you have choice. Now you have agency and the confusion starts to go down and you could take another step, take another step. And it just becomes more and more, you're on this path of alignment and stepping away from this past path of misalignment, which is so much of what I focus on and what I offer and offer life alignment readings at quietmindastrology.com. I don't call it just a horoscope or just a, a chart reading or a birth chart reading. It's a life alignment reading because when you know the energies that are present at the time of your birth, you know how to work with these energies of what is true and authentic for you. And these are, you know, it's not external. It's, it's stuff you already know. You've already observed it. Most of the time in readings, people are saying, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> it's validating. It's affirming. And then now how to continue to work with it. And that's really where the work begins is after the reading. Now how do you integrate it? How do you apply it? And all year, these are the energies we're working with. Now, more specifically, March 25th, Monday, March 25th. Let's look at this date, Mars Oh, excuse me, not Mars, March. <laughs> March 25th, we have the full moon slash lunar eclipse in Virgo in Hasta Nakshatra. So as I jump ahead here, this is March 25th, the full moon in Hasta. Moon is in Hasta. This is also the lunar eclipse, the eclipse season. The eclipses are portals. We'll talk about the all of these transits in more detail as we get closer and more sign-by-sign -sign stuff, how to work with it. So I'm going to talk high level here, a little bit faster about the transits because we're going to go deeper as we go through them throughout the year here on the podcast with the Friday forecast. Full moon, lunar eclipse, and Virgo and Hosta is a time where you can have emotional breakthroughs in how you can give and receive love more authentically. The hands, hasta, hasta represents the hands. The moon, the mind, and emotions reach this point of breakthrough, this portal of opportunity transformation on March 25th, on Monday, March 25th. This is a time where now your hands can be more activated for healing and transformative work and be a portal into a new level of self-awareness and discovery and healing. It's an auspicious time for completing major projects in the material and physical realm, in the Virgo, in the health and wellness, in the finances. 
the full moon is a time of completion. Now we move into this eclipse season, this portal of now you've completed this cycle and you move on to new potential when we get to the new moon on April 8th. This time, March 25th, around this date, it's a good time to give up any sort of manipulation or deception and be more vulnerable and true. Sometimes this is called like giving up the game you're playing. Right? Say you have this game you're playing at work where if you say this and that, you know it will lead to this person feeling this way and you keep bringing donuts every week to try to win over the team or you, you, you kind of climb in the corporate ladder. You know, these kind of sneaky things we do sometimes. And this time you may find that is not actually serving you. And it's a sort of deception and manipulation that you can let go of and be more authentic, be more vulnerable and real and say, actually, the truth is that you, you want to level up in your career and you want a higher position. You want to increase your salary. You want to have more responsibility. You want uh, a new role. And you can just ask for it. And like, what do I need to do to get a promotion? Or what's the next level for me? How can I work towards that? In any area, I'm just using one example of work, but this applies anywhere. In relationship, are you tiptoeing around some subject that you don't want to set them off and you don't want to actually have the conversation, so you're being nice. And being nice is one of the most insidious forms of manipulation because it seems like it's not manipulating at all. You're just being nice. But you're actually trying to avoid a conflict or avoid a certain reaction. You know, So this requires a high level of self-awareness but if you're listening to this, I imagine you do, and you have practices, and you have this awareness. As you go around this time, March 25th, you can become more aware of these things and the futility of them. And it's time to drop that stuff. It's not serving. you know. It, sometimes it does serve. Sometimes, you, you know, maybe as a child, you need to learn to navigate and manipulate and say the right thing to get your needs met. And it's a helpful survival mechanism. But hasta is a very prominent in like magicians and people who have skills with their hands and sleight of hand. So it's associated with this skillful manipulation, which can be deceiving. It also can be used for entertainment and fun and things like magic and performance, but also can be used for healing and the healing arts and artistic expression. So there are positive sides to it as well. You may be overly sensitive and have emotional intensity and there could be some manipulation that comes up at this time. Uh, but doing any healing work on March 25th, highly favorable. If you can be on a retreat around this time and the eclipses, just receiving, giving, being in healing spaces, that's ideal. Don't look at the eclipses. This is in the old text. Uh, obviously, we know, you know, of course, now you don't look at it with the naked eye at all. I, ideally, that's not good for your eyes. But uh, if you can just lay low on the days of the eclipses, that's important. March 25th, April 8th, also uh, September 18th and October 2nd. Those are the four eclipse dates of 2024. I would recommend, in my experience as an astrologer and trying these things, testing these things, hearing from clients over the years, 18 plus years I've been doing this, don't look at it. <laughs> don't look at it. Just... Stay in, lay low, chill out. I know sometimes it's like superstition, but I will just tell you in my testing of it, no, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. April 8th, the new moon, solar eclipse in Pisces and Revity. 
So always two weeks later, these uh, eclipses are two weeks apart here. They always come in pairs like this. And they're always where Rahu and Ketu are in that year. So solar eclipse, the, the moon itself is in Ravati Nakshatra, the final nakshatra. It's ideal time for setting new vision related to creativity, learning, and spirituality. A big portal, big shift of energy, big potential with this. On that date, though, lay low. You could do some ritual. You could do some intention setting on the date. But I personally will be doing it the day before or day after, not on the day itself. The day of, I'm going to do as little as possible. It's auspicious for uh, auspicious time for major insights, for self-compassion, and a new level of intuitive guidance. So really good time to be doing some sort of healing work where you can be a channel to be more available to these kind of things. Really powerful time for surrender, releasing, letting go of old patterns and creating space for renewal in your life on April 8th. It's new moon, solar eclipse, and Pisces and Revity. You know, when you tune into your intuition, like I said earlier, you know what's true, what's in alignment, what's not in alignment, what it's time to let go of. Just like a crab knows it's time to get out of this shell. When a snake knows it's time to shed this skin. When a butterfly knows it's time to come out of the cocoon. It's not really effort. It's not really figuring it out. It's not a head thing. It's not a prefrontal cortex thing. Right now we're using the prefrontal cortex to look ahead at the year like an architect to think about the year ahead like a map. It's good. It's important. But in the moment, as we get there, when it's happening, it's like going to the bathroom. It just it just happens. You let go <laughs> and it happens. It's like sneezing. You let go and it happens. What is it? It's time to let, it's just, you know, you'll know when you get there. You don't need to know right now if you're listening to this before April 8th. But when you get there, you'll know it's time to let it go. You might not know until it's happening on April 8th in the middle of the day. It's, you might not know until then. But we can know now it's coming up. Just like on a map, you know, like, you know, in like 10 stops, you're going to be turning right. You can know that's coming up, but you don't know all the details. You don't know someone's going to be standing there on the corner when you get there. or It's going to be a car accident and now you're delayed or there's going to be somebody handing out flowers. You, you never know until you're there. But we know we're going there. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about here on the podcast. Possible emotional intensity or sensitivity, of course. Same, any, any eclipses, this is true. Lay low, chill out that exact day do some healing work then we move forward another month to may 1st lots of good news to share with you here jupiter's in taurus in kritika nakshatra we'll talk about when we get there more detail but jupiter and taurus abundance growth and material financial family matters expansion it's time to open to new levels of stability and take practical, grounded, and expansive action in our lives. It's a time to enjoy the pleasures of life, the sensuality, art, music, creativity, and learning from mentors. You can encounter wise teachers. This is such a wonderful transit. We'll be talking about it more in depth later on this year. But it's good news. Growth, expansion, abundance, prosperity, 
from May 1st for a full year. Good stuff. Good for finances. Good for investing. And there could be potential for overindulgence or stubbornness. So practice presence. If you're eating food and you just want more and more and more, practice presence. Notice when you're full. Notice when you've had enough. If you're indulging in the senses, notice when you've had enough. It's a wonderful year for learning tantric practices because it's all about learning how to engage with the physical world and the senses and not overindulge and not get addicted, not get swept up, not lose yourself. This year is like, how can we go way out there and still stay way rooted in reality? That's the challenge of 2024. And Jupiter and Taurus is about expanding the roots, but also the fruits. If you want to know how tall a tree is, you look at it. <laughs> but if you look at how tall it is, it's even deeper in roots. If you want to know how deep the roots are, look at how tall it is, and it's even deeper in the roots. That's what I was going for there. Mercury is still just turned direct, so give me some grace here. Uh, but Jupiter and Taurus is like expanding your roots, giving you more fruits, more flowers, more abundance, more growth. So good. So wonderful. All the things that we love in life, expanding and growing. Wonderful transit. I'll be moving around this time. And I don't know where yet. I'm awaiting further instructions from the universe. And I practice what I talk about here. You know, I've, I'm in a trust fall every day, all year, all the time, my whole life. I don't know. We think we know. Sometimes we have stability. Sometimes we have foundation, long-term commitments and things like this. I've had this podcast for six years almost now, or just past five years. We're in the sixth year now. Uh, my business, I've been doing this work for almost two decades. Uh, you know, I have stability in some ways. Skills I've used for a long time, made music since I was a kid. But a lot of the details, we don't need to know. We don't need to know until we get there. We do need to know the vision. We do need to know the picture, the big picture, the patterns. We want to catch the patterns, not repeat them, learn from them, grow from them, and look through history. We can learn from the patterns and make some predictions. And usually I can make pretty decent predictions of what we can expect based on past cycles. And I'm a researcher. I'm not a psychic. Anyone can do this. But Jupiter and Taurus is giving us so much wonderful fruits and so many deep roots. We'll talk about it more later on this year. I also talk about all these things in Mindful New Year on another level through embodiment. So again, Mindful New Year if you want to go more into this right now. Then, interesting little transit on Thursday, June 6th. Check this out. We have... All this stuff piled up in Taurus. Uranus, Jupiter, Mercury, Sun, Venus, Moon, all in Taurus for about six days. So the new moon is happening there as well, uh, which will be in Rohini. Major potential for groundbreaking opportunities and a new chapter of life. And it, it's tied in with everything I just said about Jupiter and Taurus. Favorable for initiating new ventures when you embrace the change. And it's time where you can begin a new relationship with stability and creating practical growth in your life. Those roots and the fruits, both expansive at this time. There's potential for unexpected disruptions or resistance to change with Uranus added to the mix here, just moving in there. 
We'll talk about that later on this year. Uranus is moving signs this year. That's a pretty big deal. But I think it's not as significant for the personal level. It's more of a global level. We'll talk about it later this year. Uh, but that can bring some unexpected disruptions into these things I just talked about with Jupiter and Taurus, like setting up your deeper roots, your greater fruits in your life, your family foundation, your creativity, your your material needs and all this can bring some disruption here in June, but so much potential, so much possibility, potential of family. If you're thinking about starting a family and having a child, like wonderful energy for that. Uh, deepening family, marriage, commitment, relational stuff, very good stuff. But it's important to practice non-grasping because this can also be a kind of clinging energy as well, of wanting to create more of that stability. And then through the summer, not too many major shifts happening. So a bit of a stabilizing force there until September 18th. When we have full moon slash lunar eclipse in Pisces in Purva Bhadrapada. And go back a couple hours, we'll see that if you're watching the video. So uh, the September 18th, full moon, actually September 17th, my mistake, fix that right now. Mercury just went direct. Give me a break. <laughs> uh, so it's full moon slash lunar eclipse and Pisces and Purva Bhadrapada on September 17th. This is a heightened intuition time. And we're going through this portal now of deeper insights and intuition. It's like if your crown chakra is activated and like, woof, as you're listening to this episode today, that's what I'm feeling. It's like, man, this year is up up there it's in the crown chakra energy it is like transcendence moksha liberation that means letting go of old identities old attachments major realizations can come through at this time good time to be doing spiritual practices you can have a completion of some deep inner healing work and releasing of old patterns as talked about earlier it's a big theme through the year you can access a new level of self-love compassion and clearer communication Parva Bhajapada is great in orators and speakers and people who have a strong grasp of ideas and visions and can bring them into reality and talk about them very well. So you may find that you have a stronger sense of like what you need to say, what you feel, what's coming through in mid-September and needing to say some things that bring you through this big portal of change and transformation. There can be some possible emotional intensity and sensitivity, of course, do some healing work at this time, uh, as always with the eclipses. Then on October 2nd, two weeks later, eclipses always come in pairs. Back in Hosta, remember we talked about the full moon lunar eclipse in Hosta on March 25th? That's sort of tied in with this now new moon energy as the Rahu Ketu are always moving backwards. So this interesting energy of the procession of the equinoxes is like as we move forward and progress in life, there's also this karmic energy of going back deeper and deeper into understanding ourselves and connecting to source. And on October 2nd, new moon in Virgo and Hosta is a powerful time to connect to uh, your sense of source, your center, 
with setting new intentions related to work, health, and healing. It's a supportive time for practical step-by-step -step planning, organization, and systemization. And putting that Virgo energy into use of now as you go through the rest of 2024, systemizing, processizing, planning, organizing your life at a deeper level, being more organized and clear and uh, more time in things like spreadsheets, notes, productivity, all that throughout the end of the year. Taking all of these downloads, all these insights, all this spiritual crown energy now a little more into the heart and through your hands. The hands are an extension of the heart to do the heart's work in this world and make your love manifest through your hands, through actions, through your work. This is a time of increased sensitivity for profound insights that can lead to major personal growth. Wonderful day for doing healing work, massage, Reiki, yoga, astrology, hands-on work, gardening even, anything with your hands, working with your hands. And also, like I mentioned, any sort of deception or inauthenticity or manipulation, it's a time to turn a new leaf with that to at another level just let go of that and can you really trust the universe without your games without trying to manipulate and figure it out and make this happen and get this person to do that and all these kind of games we play with ourselves and with others sometimes to drop it at another level so you might not even realize you're doing these things but this is the kind of time where you can realize it so it's really important to be doing stuff where you can open the space to receive that clarity you could just skate right over it if you just like imagine if you like got drunk or inebriated or just intoxicated at this time and went out into the la la land which is very tempting this year lots of that energy uh, you can really lose yourself and and lose the opportunity to have these deeper profound insights so meditative practices even medicine journeys in a very contained, intentional space is a positive use of all of this spiritual crown chakra energy this year, but not as a way to get some sort of high or escape or chasing this thing. I've got to have this realization. Let go of that too. Like even though I'm saying all this, all these insights and revelations, let that go too. You might have, it might be just another day. It might nothing happen. It might be that nothing happens, and that's totally fine. Uh, but a lot of potential. Uh, could some, be some overanalyzing worry here, but to just do some healing work, you'll be fine. Last big transit of 2024, the ninth major turning point of the year comes on December 6th when Mars goes retrograde, which happens every other year, pretty much. Last time Mars was retrograde, I realized I didn't look at the dates and I signed up for a Spartan race. My first ever Spartan race happened to be happening during the Mars retrograde. The astrologer made a big oversight and I said, okay, well, let's just see what happens. This is research. It's an experiment. What happens when I do a, my first Spartan race during a Mars retrograde? I'm going to release any idea that it means that I'm going to be weak or not ready or my immune system will be weak or whatever. Totally not attached. But by the time that day came, I thought I could, okay, I'll be okay, whatever. 
and it was raining and cold and wet and beautiful place. I'm so glad I went. Great experience, but my immune system was just attacked the whole time. Spartan races are pretty intense, but you add rain to it and my lack of preparation. I didn't prepare nearly as much as I realized I should have for this. Uh, so this is my little experience with Mars retrograde last time it happened. So I don't recommend you sign up for any Spartan races after December 6th for two and a half months afterwards until early February when it goes direct. So Mars retrograde in, this is going to be, uh, as you see in Cancer, again, little mistake on my notes here going back to Gemini. So give me a little grace on that. Almost made it to Leo. Okay, so Mars will be in Cancer going back to Gemini for this transit. Uh, so this is a powerful time for going more introspective and into deep healing work. And I'll actually be updating these notes here to reflect the uh, Cancer to Gemini part of it and not the Leo part. So you'll get that in your inbox if you get the Friday forecast. And... Even last last episode, I put Mars or Mercury is retrograde till 2025. So you can see how much this Mercury retrograde has has gotten me. Uh, so grace, grace and love and compassion. Uh, but Mars going from Cancer to Gemini, so it'll be time for introspection around your relationships, around your relationship to your mother if you are a mother, and into your communication and going deeper emotional intimacy into better communication and taking action of protecting, caring for yourself. Mars and Cancer is a very protective energy and often misunderstood. Mars and Cancer is actually quite athletic. A lot of great athletes have it, like Michael Jordan. So it's a time where you can be more athletic, but be very intentional about it. Don't just jump into a Spartan race with no preparation and no warm clothing if it's raining care for yourself take care of your body these great athletes who have this also take really good care of themselves auspicious time for revisiting and revising previous plans or projects specifically around family your ideas your vision all the stuff we talked about earlier in the episode great opportunities for building inner strength and resilience and doing things for fun when mars gets to gemini towards the end of this and we'll talk about it more later in the year. This is a big transit. We'll be do a whole episode on this sign by sign. This possible frustrations or delays and external projects and things to do with physical health and exercise. So be kind, take care of yourself. And those are the nine major turning points of 2024. A very strong crown chakra moksha liberation kind of energy for the year. And also very important to stay rooted and grounded, deepening your roots, bearing more fruits, connected to your vision at any point you get lost in the illusion lost at the buffet get back to your presence and your intention and if you want support in that check out mindfulnewyear.com and you can sign up for mindful new year still at the discounted rate until this friday and you'll be able to sign up later as well if you miss it and you can go into these exercises to clarify your vision connect to your truth and your authentic expression and what's alive in you, what wants to come through you this year, and all these energies that you can work with from your alignment, from your truth. So that's mindfulnewyear.com. And if you like this episode, leave a comment, review, like, all these things on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you follow me. 
and go to quietmindastrology.com to sign up for the Friday forecast where you get this to your inbox every week with a little note from me, maybe one of my favorite memes, something to try to make you laugh a little bit as we move through all these shifting energies all year here in 2024. Thank you for listening and look forward to sharing more with you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast.